Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I actually love the new year and another chance to get it right. I like the new year in September and the new year in January, which feels a little like a mid-course correction or a do-over. Given the pace of our lives, a break in the action that invites some reflection is just what the doctor ordered. We traveled over the holidays to visit our godchildren in Vermont. Their family is five and we are five. I honestly don't know how anyone feeds 10 people day in and day out, though it's really fun for a few days. Traveling is a great way to change the view. Here are a few lines from poet and musician Joy Hario's Sudden Awareness. It is early morning, still dark and frosty, when I start up the truck to drive to the airport in Albuquerque, refreshing to be out before the airwaves jangle. Then the sun rises up softly over the Sandia Mountains and stops me there. I breathe deeply to take it all in, take the sun and mountains into my lungs. And I know that when I die, it is this moment that will surface, then go under, taking me with it. Sometimes I am starkly aware that everything matters. This is one of the great spiritual paradoxes, everything matters. And we can't move under the weight of the gravity of everything. We have to walk lightly and sometimes to open our hands and let go. Everything matters. And more often than not, our best choice is to surrender. If I had one prayer today, it would be for willingness Mahatma Gandhi said, the difference between what we do and what we are capable of doing would suffice to solve most of the world's problems. My prayer for willingness would ask that we be attentive and available to whatever the world is offering up, even if it doesn't come packaged as we wish it might. To surrender ourselves to each new moment as if everything matters is a courageous spiritual practice. It is the foundation of faith. About six years ago, Buddhist teacher Sharon Salzberg came out with a beautiful book called Faith. One of the first things that impressed me about it was that it could just as well have been called fear. We all have experiences of faith and fear. For most of us, each of them takes turns winning. If we're lucky, faith wins more often than fear. As usual, though, the Buddhists have yet another category, and I want to spend just a moment on this. It is neither faith nor fear, though it masquerades at times as both. It is called fixated hope. 
Here's what Sharon Salzberg says about it. For most of us, when life feels out of control, our most ready response is fear. When fear dominates, our sense of possibility collapses. One of the subtlest ways fear can bind us, so quietly that we hardly know to call it fear, is fixated hope. While closely resembling faith, this kind of hope inevitably brings us pain. It may look like faith, it may even feel to us like faith, but fixated hope is actually just another face of fear. Unlike the quality of hope that opens our hearts and reminds us of light when we are in darkness, fixated hope constricts us by trying to make the future fit our own particular idea of happiness. This is just another effort toward predictability and control. She continues, I am not advocating hopelessness, which stifles our aspirations. When we are in pain, hoping for things to be another way can sometimes be essential. It is natural that in trauma we might plan endlessly so as always to have a door open to the future. Many of us survived our childhood in just this way. When suffering is overwhelming, denial can be a survival strategy for a while. But cutting ourselves off from the truth is like going into shock. It's not a way to live. Sharon Salzberg concludes, if our hope for relief from suffering is attached to denying what is, or to having our expectations and desires met in the precise way we desire, we are binding our sense of hope to a very real sense of fear, even though concealed. As we hope for a particular outcome with fixated hope, we invariably become afraid that it won't happen. So we move from hope to fear to hope to fear. Faith demands that despite our fear, we get as close as possible to the truth of the present moment so that we can offer our hearts fully to it with integrity. Faith is willing to engage the unknown, not shrink back from it. Faith doesn't mean the absence of fear. The word courage in English has the same root as the French cœur, which means heart. With courage, we openly acknowledge that we can't control and place our hearts wisely on our ability to connect with the truth of the moment and to move forward into the uncharted terrain of the next moment. So it's willingness and surrender, faith and heart and open heart that allows us to live as if everything matters, to feel everything, to keep moving anyway. Joy Hario tells the story of a young Anishinaabe man who was sent to Vietnam. I'll close with this story because it really says it all. She writes, he lasted through two tours of duty without being killed, though as an Indian man he was called on to walk point to head the most dangerous reconnaissance missions. When he landed on the West Coast after leaving the world of fire and ash, he could not stop fighting. 
He fought his way from one city to another, one bar to another. He could not stop. One morning, he awakened in a field of corn in the middle of the prairie, weary with the struggle of the fight that had not ended when he left Vietnam. It had rooted itself in him, and he had to admit he could not control it. And worst of all, he could not make sense of the huge monster of violence that had devoured him and others who looked like him. A spirit found him there that spring morning and was the first to talk to him about what was happening inside him. The spirit told him he was addicted to violence, explained that as a young man, when his tender field of human energy was in the state of becoming, he was thrown into a vortex of violence. He had not been prepared. He became addicted to the high of danger. Now he had to let this violent whirlwind go, and the spirit would help him. And the spirit did. My spiritual companions, everything matters, and we'd best pray for willingness and surrender, faith and an open heart staple provisions on this wild, uncharted journey. When push comes to shove, we are called to let the whirlwind go. Here's another chance to get it right. I'm so grateful to be getting it right with you. The Spirit will help us. Amen.